0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And today my special guest is Ernie Martinez, Deacon Ernie Martinez, who is part of the new program through the Archdiocese called RISE. Uh, Newly ordained, been a police officer for what, 30 years? 35. 35. Sorry to shortchange you there. Uh, But why don't you introduce yourself, Ernie, just a little bit about you and what you've been doing and uh, what parish you're at and that kind of thing before we get into the the meat of the discussion.
1: Sure. Thank you, Deacon. Um, So, as you said, I'm newly ordained, but I've had a uh, rocky, uh, curvy path to get there. The Lord uh, stirred my heart uh, several times, only I wasn't open to it. But um, before I get into that, um, I am a Denver native, one of the few left, seems like. Uh, went to Denver Public Schools and um, have um, been, a, as you say, a, a police officer in law enforcement for 35 years. I'm currently in my 35th year. Um, the majority of the time I spent in uh, police work at all levels um, and all different types of uh, uh, enforcement assignments, however, the majority of which have been in undercover roles, working task force operations and that type of thing. Um, I'm currently uh, working in uh, full-spectrum p- patrol policing. Have a sector command in Northeast Denver. I've been ordained a little over a year, and of course, you're one of my ordained brothers. I'm sorry,
0: you to sit next to me so that, that's right. Talk about a, uh, uh, a cross you had to bear.
1: No, not at all. In fact, the burden was light <laughs> with you. It's been, but it, what, what a great journey it was that uh, you know the Lord uh, called men like us. Uh, who truly um, aren't worthy, uh, who truly are sinners to better our lives and more importantly try to uh, promote the gospel in everything we do and everything we say and everything we think.
0: Well, that's what's interesting. I mean, you know, we get called to, to serve the Lord in a way, but then you're called in a, even a different way on, on top of being a deacon and a police officer uh, this new ministry, Rise. Uh, can you explain what Rise stands for and, and what is Rise?
1: Absolutely. So, Deacon Joe Donahoe reached out to me uh, shortly uh, before ordination and then especially after, and he had a um, a calling to look at drug and alcohol facilitated sexual assault specifically a faith-based approach to uh, the victims, who we like to call and recognize as survivors. The fact of the matter is is uh, we organized uh, a group of uh, partners within the Archdiocese of Denver, which includes uh, uh, people from Students for Life, includes uh, other clergy, other deacons, um, includes a, a vast array of different uh, uh Specificities with people's experience, uh, including other law enforcement personnel, as well as uh, our good partners with uh, San Rafael Counseling. So, we decided to organize this as an initiative, as a project, and we pray and hope that um, it becomes a a robust program uh, throughout not only the Archdiocese, but also the other Archdiocese in, uh, in Colorado. RISE is an acronym that we chose, and RISE meaning uh, R-I-S-E with the Lenten ashes between each letter, and it stands for uh, Recognize, Intervene, Speak Up, and Empower. The recognition is that alcohol and drugs are most commonly used method to facilitate uh, sexual assault. Uh, on young women, and also there are uh, men that are sexually assaulted as well. So
0: this is sometimes known as date rape drugs kind of thing? Yeah, that kind of thing?
1: that's a common uh, word uh, that's utilized, but uh, even more so, it's, it's not just the, the drug itself, but it's also alcohol-based. Okay. So there's so many uh, avenues of approach that um, you know, suspects uh, people who like to prey on unsuspecting uh, young women unsuspecting women of all ages. And, um, you know, we want to bring the awareness piece from a faith-based perspective to take what's currently out there and broaden it and preach the gospel uh, throughout the entire process and accompany um, not only just victims, but try to be proactive on it. You know, as a police officer, we work hand-in-hand uh, hand and daily it, with a community Policing type of mentality, right? Everything we do, we do in partnership with the community, and we can't do it alone. We have to accompany each other and devise and and uh, different programs and different ways to have solutions to address these before they happen. And one of those pieces is an education piece. Prevention and education is a huge piece. So we're in the project development of of, of lesson planning on age-appropriate types of. Uh, of, of lessons to make that happen starting out at middle schools and high schools and quite frankly college campuses so the fact of the matter is is it's it's barely beginning this program a lot of work has been done and continues to be but we have a long road ahead of us um, but that um, the first initiative is that awareness piece and developing some material to hand out to parishes developing material to uh, empower um, and educate our own clergy, deacons, and priests uh, when someone um, who has a loved one or someone themselves have presented themselves with being a victim of sexual assault. What to do? The practicality of what needs to happen.
0: So, how serious is this issue? I mean, we hear about it on the news, but probably not near as often as it actually happens. And so, your experience as a police officer. You know, is this happening every weekend at different places, uh, multiple times? And then the other question um, would be, how does this happen to women? How do, they, how do these predators prey upon these women uh, at bars or wherever those uh, places may be?
1: Sure. So the fact of the matter is more than 700 people are sexually assaulted in the United States a day. Um, One in four women in Colorado uh, experienced sexual assault uh, in their lifetime. One in 17 men. Uh, So the facts have been out there. The unfortunate thing is it's such an underreported crime. Underreported for a lot of different reasons. Um, Nearly three-quarters of the suspects are someone the victim knows. Um, 90 to 98% of rapes um, we see through all the data are true um, and also the vast majority 60 percent are not reported because of embarrassment because of brokenness because of a lack of support because of, of an unawareness of what resources are out there so the prevalence of this crime is, is huge the unfortunate thing is is we want to um, bring awareness and visibility to this so we could accompany our brothers and sisters that have been victimized. Um, But also including with that, go where the problem is. You asked the question of where this predominantly happens. It happens everywhere. Yes, bars, uh, nightclubs, college campuses are a huge, huge venue for uh, these uh, sexual assaults. Um, There are house parties that occur. And it's not just uh, you know teenagers or older women. There's uh, young people now with uh, the explosion of the misuse of social media that have been victimized uh, because of that and because of the types of of snares that uh, the unacceptable or or the high risk use of social media has has uh, uh, has occurred.
0: And so we've I mean we've seen the accusations against celebrities like Bill Cosby. Uh, so, and this, he wasn't a teenager when all this was going on either, and it was women from every age, so I think that goes to your point, it's just not young women, it could be any woman.
1: Correct. It could be any woman, and, and quite frankly, it's amazing that the enemy works through a lot of different uh, ages and men, and that's the unfortunate thing. We began this program uh, last November. And, um, you know, the timing of it, uh, I think, is, uh, is quite uh, uh, ironic uh, because of the, uh, you know, the Me Too movement had exploded uh, just after that, after we actually started discussing this. So, you know, what the archdiocese has taken is um, something that's needed, something that has never been approached, at least uh, in, in Colorado from a faith-based perspective, and we hope to to broaden the approach and, and to attract other archdioceses throughout the United States to take this as a proactive measure to go out to the peripheries, to go out to the margins of brokenness, the margins of embarrassment, the margins of, of hurt that these survivors are are, are are carrying on a daily basis. And we want to actually share that burden. So
0: just... For those who are listening, this is a, a sensitive topic. So if you have young children listening, that may not be appropriate as we're talking about uh, rape, date rape drugs, and, and what happens, and you know just that terrible crime, and that uh, assault on human dignity that we see 700 times a day, according to uh, Officer and Deacon Ernie Martinez. Is it possible that people who have been assaulted may not even know they were? I mean, if you're drugged, when you wake up, do you know something happened? Is it a question in their mind? Um, What's their state of mind when they realize this has happened to them? Or do they realize this has happened to them?
1: You know, most of the time, um, these occur, and uh, the young woman or any woman would wake up at a place that's unfamiliar to them. Because of the fact that they have no memory, um, the rationality is that something happened and I'm here because something happened. Um, And the unfortunate thing is they have no one to speak to, they have no one to trust, um, and the physical evidence that uh, is still left because of the sexual assault typically goes unnoticed, typically goes unanalyzed. So we're bringing these, uh, these facts, frequently asked questions, Uh, in a format that people could carry in their wallet, that people could put, we could put in our churches, in our bathrooms, um, and make uh, potential uh, uh, victims uh, aware so they don't become victims in the future. So we want to be proactive. Um, And when someone who decides to make a report, decides to um, be brave to go through uh, the trials of, trying to find out who their perpetrator is, if they're a stranger, which happens, or if there's somebody known to them. The biggest thing to overcome with that is accompany them through the hurt, accompany them through the disbelief that someone they know did uh, a very violent, very unacceptable uh, sin and act against them.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've been violated. I mean, I can't imagine the feeling someone must have having gone through that. Uh, You're listening to Respect Life Radio. Our special guest today is Deacon Ernie Martinez. And we're talking about RISE, uh, a new ministry within the Archdiocese to bring awareness to this terrible crime of rape, date rape drug, as some people may uh, know, but it's even bigger than that. Um, Can you give an example, or maybe one or two, uh, of an experience you've had with a police officer as a police officer investigating or being notified of something like this happening is there, I mean, you can't get specific, but maybe there's a general rule. I mean, when you have it, they're confused. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what to do. What would be if somebody were calling to report this to you, how would that, how would that go?
1: Sure. So I have, uh, officers and detectives that have worked for me over the years that have been assigned um, as partners in sexual assault cases. Um, the majority of these cases are brought on after the fact. So um, the typical uh, report is um, meeting the victim at a hospital so the victim could get uh, examined and to try to obtain whatever physical evidence is left, number one. So
0: does the vi- victim go to the hospital or is that your officer say, hey,
1: Let's go to the hospital. Uh, e- both, actually. Okay. So either the, the victim doesn't know where to, what to do and what the first step is, so we will accompany the victim there. We'll also provide uh, victim advocacy um, and assist the victim throughout the process um, through the initial reporting, uh, the evidence gathering, um, and then the, the questions and answers that uh, we're looking for in an investigation to determine you know, what the facts are and what other evidence may be out there. Is there video evidence at the venue that uh, the victim was at or the survivor was at? You know, provide all those types of step-by-step instructions. Um, the There's several examples, and of course, I'll talk about one extreme example as well, but um, several examples that, um, you know, like I stated with the facts that came from the Department of Justice uh, over the last several years, is overwhelming majority aren't reported, but those are reported. It's very rare that these cases go to trial, simply because of um, a lot of factors uh, come in play. Factors of not having the physical evidence to tie the suspect to the crime, um, the uh, fact of the time involved, where the survivor, um, you know, doesn't have that full accompaniment to. Uh, keep them strong and persevere throughout the initial process of the court proceedings. A lot of those types of factors. So it's rare that we actually uh, are able to successfully prosecute uh, a sexual assault case, yet we have. And we want to continue to uh, push um, reporting because in nine times out of ten, that survivor isn't the only person that the suspect has violated over the course of this suspect's or time, be the last one, and it won't be the last one. They're usually good for five to six, uh, and upwards of more sexual assaults before they're caught, which is very, very unfortunate. So it's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And then, the extreme example I had one of my detectives uh, uh, co-assigned to an investigation where a young woman, underage, was at a downtown bar. Um, she was over-intoxicated uh, and it was suspected uh, that she had uh, some type of uh, potential uh, quote-unquote date rape drug Drug, and uh, she was picked up by a man who had violated her and unfortunately uh, killed her. Um, this man was unknown suspect at the time uh, and several months have passed. Um, he, he violently sexually assaulted another young woman in Fort Collins uh, near CSU campus and he was eventually uh, caught uh, uh, subsequent to that uh, sexual assault um, near the campus accompanying another woman out of a bar. Um, That man was convicted uh, for the murder and for the violent sexual assault in Fort Collins. So the problem is huge, the problem is, is huge, but we want to bring it back to the original plan of God. And that original plan is the accompaniment of the sanctity and respect of life, and especially now, the 50th anniversary of Humani Vitae, um, our Archbishop's letter on the 50th anniversary um, about life and about making those non-high-risk choices in life, but bringing God into the picture and center it on God's love for all of us, all of us humans, but especially Um, the people that we come in contact with on a daily basis to bring it back to where it's all true.
0: Well, we've seen how things have spiraled out of control. Uh, Pope Paul's letter you mentioned, Humani Vitae, or encyclical, uh, he hit it right on the head. Yet people are still in denial that contraception and these things lead to the situations that we're talking about
1: today. That's correct. And, and Jeff, it's baby steps. I mean, we uh, can't—obviously, there's some brothers and sisters out there that, you know, truly uh, maybe wouldn't want to listen to that gospel message right away. But we develop the relationship with them along the way as we accompany them through that process. And then we start introducing what, you know, her body is and what the respect of her body should be. And it's it's peeling back the onions through grief and through the burdens that they carry— that we want to make that effect because ultimately it's revealing the nature of God within all of us. And we want to ensure that we're providing that support and that love through that accompaniment.
0: Right. And so even if someone has experienced this, you're walking with them, you mentioned St. Raphael's counseling. I mean, this isn't, and by the way, this is a crime of why we can't prosecute. We're continuing to walk with them. What can the average person do? The person listening to this broadcast to help raise awareness of this issue? What, what can they do to help what you're doing?
1: We want to encourage bystanders uh, to know what to look for. We we will put out uh, information to everybody in the parish and not just to um, um, women who have been victimized and who are surviving this ordeal, but others as well, and loved ones. We want to make sure that what to know when they accompany somebody, to not leave someone in a nightclub alone as a friend or as a companion to ensure that they're not overindulging to the degree that they're going to pass out and be carried out of a bar. Um, those types of, of, uh, of easy, low-hanging fruit uh, accompaniment things is what we are pushing. So for that person who wants to know what to do, if something happens, call the police right, right away and we will take it over from there as a a law enforcement agency, but at the same time start the process because time is of the essence to catch the perpetrator, the suspect who's preying on other women or potentially preying on on women and men.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, if someone thinks they've been violated or thinks something happened, call the police. Absolutely. Even if nothing did, make that first step so that you can figure out what happened. That's right. Um, so don't hesitate. And then, I guess, family, friends, parishioners, whoever else is listening, we need to be able to walk with them on this difficult journey to be there for them so to help them realize that they're not alone. Um, you mentioned this started, the conversation started almost a year ago in November. Um, when is the rollout? When, you know, what can people expect to start seeing
1: Um, In a couple of months, we will have information to the parishes. In a few months, we will have scheduled training for uh, deacons and and pastors and other clergy. Um, We will try to roll that out as a distance training type of thing because everybody has crazy schedules, as you know. Um, So I would say the anticipation is is by the end of fall, uh, those will be rolled out. And then we're not, we're not going to stop there. We're going to look at other issues where people have been broken, other issues that um, started with potential crimes, whether that's a human trafficking component to it that has needs a faith-based piece to that, um, and other areas of crime. You know, we, uh, Dr. Mary Healy has a book, and, it, and it's called Men and Women Are from Eden. And you're getting back to the original plan of God, right? But she mentions the story of the Lord of the Rings, And that's what we're at now. We see these two opposing forces in our culture today, much like the opposing forces uh, when Pope Paul uh, wrote out uh, Humana Vitae. So you have this force that has family and love and values, um, and then you have this other force that basically is all anti-family and carries all the seven deadly sins, so to speak. Then right in the middle you have this ring, but it's not this marriage ring as we know, this ring that holds all these other anti-family uh things together and the power we're fighting that power and we want to make sure that in today's culture that ring is that marriage ring that ring is all the virtues that go against what the enemy's trying to break up and it all starts with the dignity of the human being themselves and that's what we are trying to push especially in this culture today
0: you know families the foundation right People don't have strong fathers, have mothers in the equation. I mean, we realize stuff happens. But ideally, that was God's plan. That's right. A man and a woman, because children need both. And hopefully, with strong men, we can help educate other young men on what it means to be a man. That's right. And it's not preying upon women. It's seeing the dignity they have. You know, we have Endow here in... Denver that talks about the dignity of women and they have as much we all have that inherent dignity from our creator and I think you know this ministry and you know wherever it goes from here you know being able to bring Christ into the equation is critical because we live in a world that's trying to take Christ out of the equation and we see the world in which we live I mean you see the difficult side of life you know, having been a police officer for 35 years, you see things that most of us would rather never see. And to bring awareness to these things, because not everything's going to be in the paper, not everything's going to be on the news, but we need to be aware, right? Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is
1: definitely not bliss. Absolutely. The awareness is huge. What we want to do is we want to bring that compassionate response with that faith-based component of God's love. Bring local resources, connect them with those. Whether they're secular or not, 24-hour call lines, those types of things we are working with other partners throughout the city and the metro area. And eventually we'll identify those uh, on the state level and also the national level. There's only certain capacities we have in the Archdiocese, so we want to leverage all those resources so to help anybody at any time, but at the same time bring it back around so we as deacons, as priests, as faithful lay people could accompany these survivors to a solution of love and to healing. That's what it's all about. That's right. what it's all about. So
0: are you aware of any other diocese in the United States doing this type of ministry?
1: I am not. Um, part of our literature review and, and, and review component of this project um, couldn't come up with anything that uh, at least was posted on uh, the world wide web so um, we may be one of the first uh, if not the first to roll something like this out um, it's 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 an arduous process um, and it's it's uh, uh, but it's very rewarding and once we get the initial pieces rolled out um, we're just going to build on the foundation and uh, continue to pray to Our lady uh, who's uh, guiding us through this process
0: and I would think you know you go through the incubator and you, what works, what doesn't work, and you come up with uh, a great ministry, you know, to see five or ten years from now a half dozen or a dozen other parishes doing it would be a great reward because that would tell you that many more people now are aware and know what's going on. So you're kind of shining the light in the darkness on something that people would rather not talk about or really rather not hear about. When you're talking about one in four women, it's hard to believe there are many people listening, whether they know it or not, that their family has not been affected by these type of terrible crimes.
1: Oh, these, these crimes have ripple effects, and there's always an effect, and it continues to be. And we want to ensure that there's somewhere to go. There's someone to speak to. There's a resource available to help you heal. And the healing eventually will come, but it takes some time. And we want to make sure that awareness is there.
0: Right. And not only the time, but to use the time wisely. It's just not if you sit and stew about it, then all of a sudden it's going to disappear. Uh, You've been listening to Respect Life Radio. Our guest today has been Deacon Ernie Martinez uh, and a new ministry here in the Archdiocese called Rise. Uh, We can't wait till this gets rolled out.
1: Thanks again for coming in. Ernie. You're welcome. God bless.